All right, brother. So we are rolling on the Canada Day Bash. I am having a hell of a time, Ty. Thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I know I'm talking a lot, so I, you know, I appreciate you kind of kicking it and let me kind of direct traffic here today. It uh, it's been a lot of fun. Shout out to Matt Marchese, Nick Solsky, and then there we had Tom Tipple and Jacob Sanderson. A couple minutes till we're gonna get our next guests, and I would be remiss if I didn't send a big shout out to Monkey Knife Fight. They are one of our title sponsors. Um, you can go to Monkey Knife Fight, and they don't have just football, folks. I know it's the off season, but UFC is in full swing, hockey is in full swing, baseball is in full swing, and many more things over at Monkey Knife Fight where you can get the best prop bets in the biz. So go over to mkf.com and use the promo code TNFF and you will get an instant match on your first deposit of up to $50. So if you drop 50 in there, your account's going to magically show a cool hundy and then you'll be able to go drop some dollars on some props. It's a lot of fun. Um, It's a really good uh, way for people who aren't super deep into the betting world to get in and have a little bit of fun laying some money down um, any skill level, any knowledge level of sports. And you can, you can go in there and have fun. My wife and I have thrown down on a couple before. Um, it's really fun reasoning out things with her and uh, her giving her reasoning as to why she would go a certain way. And uh, so it's uh, it's fun for the whole family at monkey knife fight. So that promo code is TNFF and we thank them for the partnership. It's been great. Whew, Ty, we're rolling, buddy. We got another uh, two and a half hours left. Our next guests are, we're going to we're gonna have a good time. You were recently on a pod with one of them. And then another one is kind of, um, he is like uh, an addition to the True North team, essentially, I would consider him. So um, just another minute or so until they get in. Um, and we just want to say, uh, please go donate to the Downey Wenjack Fund. We are trying to raise awareness and um, help educate folks of this great country of ours on um, some of the work that we have to do to forge a path towards reconciliation. So the Downey Wenjack Fund goes to supporting um, the, uh, the the efforts in reconciliation, uh, especially yeah, like, with the, yeah, go ahead, Ty. Well, sorry. It's like I said, like it, this is the first step, right? We need to fund these projects and the government needs to step up to the plate big time. The churches need to step up to the plate big time and give the money to start this process so we can recover all this stuff. We can lay out what actually happened and have a real solid uh, understanding of the, you know, the depths of depravity basically. And it's only at that time that we can start to work towards what we actually have to do uh, going forward to, you know, make it right. Absolutely. So the link to donate is in the description of this show and you can find them on Twitter at Downey Wenjack. Um, please check out the the little ticker at the bottom of the screen if you are watching on uh, on the tube or on Twitch and make sure you subscribe there to check out all of our work, of course, as a part of the TNFF pod. And I'm bringing our guests in, Ty. Um, first, this is a man that you were just recently um, potted with. I have not had the pleasure of being on the mic with this gentleman, but I've had plenty of great interactions with him. And that would be from the going for two team, Kyle Senra. Find him on Twitter at Senra says, Kyle, how are you doing on this fine Canada day, brother? Woohoo, Dominion Day. Here it is. Alliterations yeah. are awesome. So I'll always, always say it as that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, Trav, great to finally be uh, talking voice to voice with you. Uh, Ty, I know uh, just uh, last weekend uh, we were on together. That was a uh, great, another potathon last week. Yeah, for the Brighter Brighter skies. Skies. yeah got a best ball season right now, right? The Brighter Skies best ball, Canadian best ball classic tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we be drafting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. Always be drafting, always be trading. 
no perfect segue into our next guest he brings the goodness weekly on the goat district podcast and that would be jd you can find him at ghost district go i always found it so oh, i'm trying to i'm trying to pull up my uh can you get can you guys hear me okay yeah baby without yeah, the mic okay cool i was trying to pull up yeah. my soundboard but uh, last last time I brought my sounds on a pod, uh, Todd Burrow was not really impressed with me. He's like, "Can we stop those goat sounds?" So I was like, "I'm what? not going to." Okay, okay, yep. To each their own. I personally love the goat. They don't like um, the uh, soundboards in PA. Yeah. <laughs> well, Canucks LL. Cheers, guys. Beautiful. That a guy celebrating. Um, appreciate you coming back on. I'm very thankful that you decided to join us again because the last time you were on the True North <laughs> Airwaves, you spilt a beverage all over your keyboard. So I haven't learned with us with learned. a new key. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm super stoked to have you guys on uh, for this guest spot. It's been a great uh, a great show, and I want to welcome you by expressing gratitude to the Lekwungen people who allow Ty and I to reside, live, work, and play on their traditional lands. And so I'm just bringing all of our guests in by acknowledging that uh, because we think it's really important. And anybody who's been watching the show knows that we're trying to raise a bunch of awareness for Indigenous reconciliation in our country by supporting the Downey Wenjack Fund. Um, Kyle, how's your Canada Day going? Why don't you uh, just let the people know uh, a little bit about what you got going on at Going For Two? Uh, yeah, so it's funny because for me, the streaming uh, continues after this. Um, it'll, I think you guys end at 7 p.m. Eastern. Yes, right? sir. Uh, so, uh, you know, shortly after that, 7.30 Eastern, uh, we'll be uh, live on the Going for Two Network, uh, cool. the latest episode of the Dynasty Gambit. Uh, we go every Thursdays in the off season. Uh, talk about Dynasty strategy. This particular episode, we'll actually be talking about our most rostered players that cool. each of us have uh, as far as co-hosts on the show. So that'll be uh, exciting to find out, like who you know who analysts can't lie. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So uh, who who are we drafting? Who are we trading for? And and things like that. And uh, I know uh, right after as well, there's another show on the Going for Two Live Network tonight, a podcast with Upside, uh, Eagle Dan, Jimin J, yeah, Giant mm-hmm. Eagles fan. It's it's a uh, it's a definitely an interesting combination with those two. Mm-hmm. So that'll be on at nine Eastern. So probably almost after almost immediately after we're done they'll be on so a big night tonight uh, on going for two live for this canada day so very good jeff jeff Lander, bob, give uh, this man a raise give this man <laughs> a raise please <laughs> well the bob long episode was awesome uh by mm-hmm. the way the one of the most recent episodes of the full press pod mm-hmm. uh that was a really good episode kyle and uh the full press packers pod is good too i listened to the uh the schedule breakdown episode was really good on that one a real sweet treat for sure. Are you part of the full press NHL pod? Um, not officially, although I will sometimes guest there. Yeah. Uh, not my, my NHL analysis isn't, uh, you know, then I do things mostly for the playoffs. They're doing a playoff pool right now at full press coverage. Uh, yeah. I was doing well going through two rounds and then, uh, suddenly I've got only Victor Hedman left and way too much ground <laughs> to make up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't see the Canadians. That's for sure. didn't see them coming, but, uh, you know, if people are into hockey and they are into the daily, uh, you know, set lineups for hockey and everything. Make sure you're checking out full press NHL pod. The whole yeah. full press package is uh pretty good stuff for sure. And uh, I mean, even going for two, doing a ton of DFS stuff. So yeah, both, both uh, definitely check that out. Thanks. Appreciate and, that. Uh, not to be uh, outdone by you, good sir, Mr. Goat, uh, JD, you have just had, like, you're getting done Shark Week, which is just a mainstay in my podcast uh, feeds. 
every year. And it's just insane. Like you had John Daigle, who we all thank for vacant volume every year, uh, among everything else he does at the company formerly known as Roto World. Uh, hashtag lock up your talent. Uh, you had Dwayne McFarlane <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the guy, you know, I've already mentioned this a few times, but the guy I probably consider the best fantasy football player on the face of the planet is Abib Egbatoba, Dr. Dr. Egbatoba. Yeah. And, hey, uh, yep. you know, it yeah. was just incredible listening to the conversations that you guys had. Uh, and yeah, I should mention again, he's the back-to-back fantasy players championship, the true kind of Stu Unger, Johnny Chan of fantasy football. It's insane. Uh, so yeah, both you guys have just been crushing it is all I wanted to say. I, I love the, the Johnny Chan analogy, man. And uh, I, I appreciate you always tuning in and, and kind of being up to date on what we're doing. But yeah, man, we're just trying to bring, you know, as I said in my tweet today, like we want our audience to learn from guys who have done it, right? Guys who have won. You talk about a beep. The guys won 750 grand playing fantasy football. Not too many guys walking the planet can say that, right? So to get guys like that on, you know, we had Billy Waz on. He's a Hall of Famer in the NFFC. Uh, you talked about Daigle. I mean, he's he's just a legend. He's He was awesome. One of those guys that comes on and, you know, he's as nice as, as advertised. Uh, just a wealth of knowledge. And uh, Billy Muzio is a guy, uh, if you're not checking out uh, Fantasy Data, good. He's, he's yeah. awesome. And, 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 you know, we, uh, you know, we interact with, with Muzio kind of in some DMS and stuff. And similar to my guys tonight, I've got Theo, uh, it's at the OG fantasy and, um, and Andrew at AMS Schellenberg, they're doing a live, um, 350 buy-in for, uh, the football guys championship. They've done one. They did one last week. They're doing another one tonight yeah. at 10 PM. So you guys can tune in. Uh, what time are you guys going till on here? Seven your time, brother. Perfect. See, there you go. You got time to have dinner, put the kids to bed, and and jump on yeah. with them. But Watch no, man, the we're best high stakes guys. Like, th- you know, go through their process. It's a really awesome uh, a tool that that you can get by 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 subscribing to the YouTube channel on uh, on Goat District for sure. <laughs> for sure, man. for sure, for sure. And that's and that's what we're trying to bring. Right, we're trying to bring as much goodness as we can. Uh, we, we do fairly well, our group on the FFPC platform and in these groups. So we want to bring in other guys to kind of show different angles, you know, kind of, kind of like what you guys do. You, you always want to hear different opinions and it's every night that these guys come on, there's a nugget where it's like a thought on a player, an angle on a player that I never thought of, you know, and that's what I love. That's what I love about having these guests on. I'm sure you guys know, you guys have amazing guests on your show as well. Um, I've been on with Kyle, Kyle, you can probably agree. There's, you learn something every single show. You always have to write some notes down, right? Yeah. So it's great, man. It's, I hope our audience is, is enjoying it. It, it, They've been amazing, you know, with, with the feedback and uh, that's it. We're going to keep bringing the hits, man. We've got, Theo's got like July and August locked up with just Mm -hmm. ballers, just straight whales in, in the fantasy football world, uh, and high stakes. So Appreciate you guys having me on today. Happy Canada Day to everyone, man. This is, uh, you know, we live in one of, if not the best country in the world. Uh, let's just, you know, walk around like this when it comes to certain aspects, like how we handle COVID or any of that goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we talk about it in g- Indigenous people. Uh, I, I am, I believe I'm one eighth Mitzis or, or, you know, yep. a, a fraction anyways. My family is, uh, half of my family is from the deep woods of Quebec you know, uh, Quebec and New Brunswick border. And then, um, yeah, so all my cousins live in like Quebec City, uh, Rivière-du-Loup, Pointe-Gamoc, you know, saint terre these are all 
uh, places where, where my family reside in Canada. And yeah, man, we, we live in a great country and how fitting for the Canadians of all teams to still be playing. <laughs> Uh, my my dad and my my family just you know my mom being French Canadian they're big Habs fan. Yeah. I'm the Red Oh yeah. I, I'm not the, out till you lose at home. Not out till uh, you lose at home. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the, that's what I told my dad today. That's exactly what I was getting at. I'm the sorry Habs fan. You know, I decided to rebel when I was a kid. But um, no, the, <laughs> you know what? It's it's nice to have a Canadian team there and they're representing. And like you said, man, they'll come back. They'll make this a series. They played yeah. great last night. Like, you know, a little unlucky to not get the win. And that's as much as that's a sad thing. That's a good sign. Cause you'd expect like defending champs, Tampa, like they yeah. could have just rocked the, t- like, you know, third period of game one, right? Like it could have been that for six straight periods, but it wasn't. So that's, I think it's a good sign and getting the head coach back will be helpful too. Cause most teams, yeah. you know, don't go with the interim, interim head coach for a <laughs> game. So it's, uh, They've been, they've been throwing a lot of curveballs in the back there in the finals. They should be super proud of themselves. For sure. So I think, I think the best sure. is still to come with them. Totally. All right, fellas. So let's hold that thought and save that for the True North Fantasy Pod or Fantasy Hockey Pod. Sorry. Um, I want to get into some of this hashtag goodness, guys. Um, we are theming all of our segments today around Canadian musicians. And you guys drew Neil Young. So talk about icons in Canadian music. Um, obviously, uh, one of the founding members of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which is an iconic band from back in the day. And then branching off into uh, a stellar solo career was Neil Young, one of the best kind of folk rock singers you will find in any country. Um, and we are proud to uh, call him our own. So... One of his uh, biggest hits was Old Man. Honestly, I can barely listen to that song without getting a little choked up, fellas. That one, uh, <laughs> that one, it's a, it, it's a good tune. Um, a really, uh, a really I'm a lot like you, vibe. Trav, in that too. I like that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, and so we are going to look at some aging veterans across the NFL and talk about what we should expect. So um, again, really thankful for you guys coming on and, and appreciate your time today to uh, to get on here. And the first guy that we are going to talk about was the man who moved from Cincinnati who replaced him with a shiny new toy in Jamar Chase uh, and it's AJ Green who moved over to uh, Arizona to be um, kind of an ancillary piece alongside DeAndre Hopkins for Kyler Murray. Uh, this is a team who likes to run a lot of four wide receiver sets and we like a lot about this offense but we haven't really been hearing a ton about aj green after an extremely inefficient year last year on tons of volume so kyle we're going to start with you what are you expecting out of aj green in uh, in arizona do you think people could be sleeping like a little too much on him or is it justified with uh with with his age and and recent production yeah, the way I don't know that that team is is strange because I don't expect that the Cardinals will pass as much as the Bengals did last year. So that's the question: Can AJ Green get another hundred targets? But but again, even if he does get a hundred targets, because again, he had Joe Burrow. Like I know mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is young and learning, but it's not like he, like Kyler Murray is that much more of a veteran. Like he's only this will yeah. be his third year, fourth year now. Uh, third, I, I think. Third, it's his third. third yeah. yeah. So like it's not like it'll be. You know, if that was the problem was having a young and experienced quarterback being thrown to, and that's why his catch rate went down. It doesn't. I don't think it's going to get any better here. Uh, sure. I don't really trust. I mean, Zach Taylor, Cliff Kingsbury. Like, I don't. I don't neither's really proven enough yet to say one's better than the other. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty down on AJ Green. I he got what like 50. You got over 50 catches last year, right? But 
Yeah, but he had like over a hundred yeah, targets. So that's, yeah, so he had a hundred uh, targets. Rough. And if you look in the past decade, we have Torrey Smith, forty-four point five percent catch rate, the worst of any wide receiver with a hundred plus targets in the last decade. I got Denarius Moore, forty-four point seven. Good old AJ Green, forty-five point two percent. So, Jerry so Judy, honorable mention, forty-six percent. Yeah, I was gonna say Corey <laughs> Davis's second year. I think it was low, but I, I do believe he was over fifty percent. But yeah, it's and, uh, and the problem was that what you would hope in Arizona is that maybe see some high leverage work, but it really was the the air yards and the end zone targets that he left completely on the table. Uh, and and I agree yeah. with you, Kyle. Like there is like it's such a nuanced conversation with how much Burrow was responsible for, how much AJ Green was responsible for. Um, but I just don't know where you place his value. Like what kind of ceiling is there? You know what I mean? So do I, yeah. like, it's just, I, I don't, that's why we don't draft wide receivers so late usually. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think he's going to get too. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead, like, I just don't think he's going to get more catches than he did last year. Like, mm-hmm. I think yeah. even if he, let's say and better right catch rate, but probably on fewer targets. So I think right around what he produced last year is probably what we should expect. And that's yeah. not that yeah. great. Which is like, and he had like five goose egg games last year. Too. <laughs> I think he averaged like 1.8 yards after the catch per reception. Like he was so unbelievably bad last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- to be fair, he's had that in his career though. Even in his prime, sometimes he put up a dud. Like he was never the most consistent receiver, like super high ceiling, but that ceiling's just no longer there. So I don't think he's ever really been that high of a floor, like a, like a season long floor, just because you know, over the course of the season, he's going to get a ton of targets, but yeah, yeah, it's tough to to really see the upside. Like from a like from a just a real football perspective, replacing Larry Fitzgerald with AJ Green doesn't make sense to me because like it, mm-hmm. I think AJ Green much more consistent catcher can help in the red zone a lot more. Like I would just if I was the Cardinals, I would have just stuck with Larry Fitzgerald for another year rather than bring another old guy in. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah. Or maybe play Christian Kirk for the act the player that he should be and put him in the slot as opposed well, to using him as a deep threat. You know, like I think that's. Um, that's what should happen. But then you got Rondale Moore coming in, who looks like a predominantly slot player and has a ton more speed than Christian Kirk. So it's going to be interesting to see that target share shake out. And I think I, like kind of the umbrella hanging over all this is that Kyler Murray has made that offense way more run heavy than we kind of anticipated. Like we thought when, he, when Cliff was coming in tied that they were going to be like a lock for 600 pass attempts a year. Um, and they were just middle of the pack as far as passing volume and up there in rushing volume. So interesting one to watch in the Cardinals, uh, and with the Cardinals kind of rush to pass ratio and see how that affects the, the passing options options with a big four wide receiver set that they like to use goat. I'm coming to you on this next one. Uh, another wide receiver that uh, that's changed teams here more recently. And as a part of the same draft class drafted just behind AJ green, that would be Julio Jones in Tennessee. He was recently traded there to be alongside AJ Brown with Ryan Tanny Skrills. Um, I'm curious what you think about that there, Goat, because this team, Ty has put a lot out there about the passing volume being extremely low, and it has. And I'm sure, Ty, when you uh, when you come in here, you'll talk a little bit about that. But Julio Jones could be capped by that, Goat, and I'm curious to see where you sit. Do you think that, uh, that he could boom there, or do you think that they're going to kind of eat into each other? I'm I'm not worried about AJ Brown uh, personally. To me, this is another opportunity to buy a stud top five wide receiver in dynasty. Um, yeah, you're looking at an offense that was third last in pass attempts per game last year. Uh, you know, but they also lost a lot of targets, which you know I don't I don't always like to kind of like just replace the the puzzle piece with another piece. That's not something that I usually do. But you got to look at that offense and you got to look at where these guys you know, where they're going to get their volume. Cause that, that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, you know, you, you talk about even in Arizona with a guy like Hopkins, he's like, you know, number two in the league in, in um, 
in uh, target share. AJ Brown, I'm sure, is up there. I, I didn't get a chance to do a quick peek there. But I think for me, I always approach these offenses and I say, okay, I, I've got my I've got my dynasty teams, I've got my redraft tournaments, and then I've got my best ball. Uh, it is kind of how I'm looking at how am I approaching with these guys. So for this offense, AJ Brown, I'll buy everywhere right now. Like I said, if he's a discount, I'm going to buy him. Um, I, I think Julio for me is more of a best ball play. We talk about AJ Brown, Julio Jones, injuries do play a factor with these guys. You talked about Fitz. I mean, yeah, cause Fitz even has a less of an injury uh, history than, than AJ Brown or, uh, AJ Green. Uh, but I think, I think with a lot of these guys, and I, and I think this applies to both offenses that we just talked about, you got to think from a management standpoint to have a guy like Hopkins and a guy like AJ Green in your, in your offense's dressing room or in your, um, whatever they call it in, uh, in, uh, football, the, the hockey in me is coming out here, but, yeah. um, in, like, like in the meeting, in the meeting rooms. Right. And, and it's yeah. the same with Julio coming there. These, these, they have a guy like AJ Brown. They have younger receivers. Arizona, same thing. Rondell Moore's coming in. Kirk hasn't necessarily shown. You know, he needs a bit more guidance. Even the quarterback uh, in Kirk is really young. So you would think that a lot of these teams, like, yeah, you know, they're gonna sh they're gonna give you those weeks. A guy like Julio, I don't know that I'm paying some of those prices. Uh, if he falls out of value, I'll, I'll take him. But I think a lot of this is, you know, let's get these guys at the end of their career so they can help our team culture, help our young guys learn how to be true professionals. Like those, those things for me are, are play a factor and it makes me understand why these teams bring these guys in. But I mean, for me, again, in that offense in Tennessee, I mean, how far down uh, Ferkshire was a guy I really liked in that offense. He might be a, a guy that's at a discount now, um, the tight end in, in Tennessee. And um Otherwise, I mean, you got Henry that's going to run the ball like a like a beast. But I like this for Julio in the sense that you wanted him to go somewhere where he wasn't going to be like the third or fourth target, right? Like if you own Julio shares, at least now if you own him, wait for those pop weeks, wait for him to get that two touchdown, ninety yard, whatever seven you know target game, and sell him because this is your last opportunity. If you can't sell him this off season. Uh, a lot of these guys, you got to think about selling before the wheels fall off, right? And for me, as much as Julio is my favorite rookie that I've ever drafted in Dynasty, one of the uh, first in my true like high stakes teams, he's probably my favorite receiver ever. If you don't count like you know uh, uh, goat uh, Colt receivers, um, <laughs> which I, which I'm sure you guys know those names, but uh, yeah, Marvin Harrison and Reggie and stuff. There you go, sure. man. Yeah. Uh, you got you got my Peyton Manning on this side right here, but yeah, man, I, I think he's a great yeah. best ball grab if you can get him at a, at a discount, but he's, he's not someone that I'm necessarily uh, depending on, uh, you know, on a contending team this year. Very good. Todd, do you have a rebuttal on, uh, on Julio there? Any no, I, I mean, I, I think JD said what needed to be said, like this is your last opportunity and that, you know, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. So you think of someone like AJ green and we just transitioned from, uh, who was also one of my favorite wide receivers for my whole life, despite being a Steelers fan. Uh, but obviously he fell off pretty quickly. Andre Johnson, like these guys, even supernatural, awesome talent start to fall off. And if you want like a concrete number of when you should start to be alarmed, it's about 32 years old, which just happens to be Julio Jones age happens to be about his ADP and dynasty as well. So I'm just not willing to pay <laughs> wide receiver two prices in redraft or wide receiver three prices in dynasty yeah. Because I'm looking for way bigger upsides. That's what you're passing on breakout wide receivers at that stage of the for sure. So I, I think sure. JD laid out laid out a lot of that really well. 
Yeah, man. I am also 32, so I am getting really <laughs> close to hitting that cliff as well. So oh, please no. do not stop, draft me. Stop, stop bragging about your extra decade, okay? <laughs> do, not, do not draft me if you are looking for youthful upside. I will give you that... Uh, that uh, that floor but my ceiling is uh has fallen out fast folks um kyle we're gonna move on to you with one of those co- current colts receivers jd and that would be uh mr ty hilton you don't hear a lot about ty carson wentz came in um mm-hmm. with his good buddy frank reich the jt hype is uh in full swing right now as well as a lot of people looking forward to michael Pittman in his sophomore season um do you think do you think kyle that ty is the real wide receiver one in indy and do you think that he meshes well with carson wentz coming in and maybe does he have the speed to continue to be that kind of downfield threat for the colts so based on the way I've been drafting, my answer would be no. I, I have been taking Pittman more. I have kind of more banking on 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 that breakout happening. The big body receiver, something that Carson Wentz has kind of looked at in his career, whether it's been through tight ends or wide receivers, he's generally going for those, you know, those big targets. Um, not to say that Ty. I mean, I think I think really like who who's the Colts' top target this year? That answer might have five different answers to be honest. Like is, is it, I don't think it's impossible for for Mm -hmm. Paris Campbell to be that guy. It could theoretically be either of the tight ends really, um, or Hilton or, or Pittman. And those two seem like the the obvious ones. So it's really making a stance like in terms of ADP and and having a draft, you're kind of making that decision between those two Pittman or, or Hilton. And I'm generally going more towards Pittman again, maybe more of the ceiling for the young guy, but I don't, I don't think, Hilton's at a, a horrible price. Uh, the old man can still uh, still cheap. rock it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. And uh, yeah, it, it, well, I'm just I'm trying to think. Like Hilton, Hilton was already there when Luck got there, right? Yep. Yeah. So he he kind of acted as sort of like Luck new to the team. I'll show you kind of the way it is. Like I guess we kind of expect that from he's like he's going to show Absolutely. Carson Wentz the Colts way. I wonder does that intangible kind of make him. You know, just Wentz think, okay, I don't have that many seasons with T.Y. Hilton. Let's let's hyper target him this year, and then you know, if this is very much his last year, then I can kind of focus on those guys afterwards. Like, I don't know if that's how Carson Wentz will think necessarily. Yeah. So there's guys, narratives that guys, who's one of the top dynamic duos, Kyle? I'll ask you in last year in the air on on an offense that didn't pass the ball that much. I'm talking I guess low. Josh Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, right? Like everyone was kind of expect that to be a they, little. They could be, but I was thinking more Minnesota. You, you oh, know, yeah, you right. see Justin, Jefferson, she, and Justin Jefferson and Thielen. I mean, do we get a mini cheap version of that in Indy this year? Because Indy last year was 15th, top 15 in passing, um, whereas Minnesota was uh, bottom yeah. five, six-ish. You know, so I, look, I know Wentz is, is limited, but is he that much worse than Cousins? I don't think if he, he does, is, JD. Right? So, I, don't I mean, think he is, man. I, I talked about this on, on a, another show recently. I mean, any of these offenses where you can get the possible top target in that offense. You look at New England with Aguilar, you know, like, yeah, it took him a yeah. while, but he might be, especially if let's say the, the rookie comes in in Jones and really makes that offense click. In Indy, there's a lot of opportunity right now. Anytime there's a question at quarterback, you got to look at the receiver position. Look, I was all over Pittman last year. He was the, he was one of the only receiving uh, rookie receivers that I, that I drafted uh, consistently. So I've got a lot of shares. I think I traded one. Um, but I think that if you have Pittman, for me, that's the guy. If you look at his production in college, look at where he comes from, the type of receiver he is. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of like it. 
I kind of like that. TY is not a guy I'm really invested in. I think, again, if you're holding him, it's kind of like a, a cheap Julio situation where you're hoping he pops early in the season. Uh, maybe Campbell grows in to some of his targets. Look, TY can get another good year, two good I two years. And so. uh, everything depends on that offense. But for me, in an offense like this, you got to decide where you want to put your chips. Don't invest heavily, but have a couple, you know, a couple TY shares, a couple Campbell shares, a couple Pittman shares, yeah, could, because I mean, they're they're all cheap. And you never know when a new quarterback goes to an offense. Wentz is coming back. If yeah. he clicks, man, with Frank Reich, Frank Reich, and he he picks his favorite target, we could see uh, TY Hilton be circa uh, what's his name in Carolina a few years back. Steve Smith. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Steve Smith or some like that, right? Where we're like they become target hogs. So at their prices, guys, keep an eye on that. Nobody's talking about the Colts offense no. in the air. Like Trav said, JT's the talk of the town, even Hines. I got like high stakes guy talking about Hines, how great <laughs> Hines is, you know, with his floor. Yeah. Guys, which keep an eye fine, on that. Which is great if you in in certain roster constructions, but dynasty wise or upside in a big tournament, you can have Pittman for cheap right now. Mm -hmm. I, I also think Hines might be looking a little bit too much in the past instead of future. Like, yeah, Hines led the team in, in receptions last year. That's great. Um, but, you know, Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders didn't have a great connection going. Let's put it that way. Um, Although Sanders, I do not, Sanders rookie year, he was pretty good. He caught a lot of passes rookie year. So I don't think it's impossible. Yeah, but I'm saying that Wentz might be in the bottom five in the entire NFL for quarterbacks who I trust throwing to the running back position, whether it's market share, Ooh, whether it's accuracy. Pretty rude. Like, I don't think he's a good <laughs> quarterback. I think it's an Eagles art, I think Breeze, Brady, you can look, it's an art form throwing to the running back position. And it's an art form for the running back to give you something with those receptions. And I don't think either of them are even above average. I think they're both relatively average at doing wow. those jobs. He's not which fucking I think Cam lends Newton, to the upside for Michael Pittman and, and T.Y. Hilton. Guys, like, wait, wait. like Michael yeah. Pittman could monopolize the end zone. Like yeah, this guy could score fifty percent of the touchdowns in the passing game this year. Um, just, just, but yeah, just wait, just, just it, wait till they bring in Zach Ertz, guys. It'll mess everything up. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think they would have already if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, I think those are all good points, Ty. And it has been like Carson Wentz is one of those guys that sometimes just puts too much velocity on the ball. And obviously, when you're throwing to running backs, that can can kind of kind of screw that over. But I I honestly think his big issues were mental. And I think coming into Frank Reich's offense with a clean yep. slate is going to be huge for Carson Wentz. I've maintained. Call me an Eagles homer. I don't care. I think he's got an elite skill set in the NFL as far as quarterbacks go. Maybe not the rushing ability that some of the guys give you. But I think he or can be like, yeah, or the durability. Yeah. But I think like some of those injuries have been, um, they don't necessarily coincide with each other. Right. So it's not necessarily an injury pattern that would say that this guy's knee yeah, is going to break down to every year. That. I just think it's hard to argue anything other than you're betting on the ceiling when you're drafting yep. Wentz and when you're, when you're imagining some ceiling plays in this offense, um, whereas I'm kind of looking at it from a tendency perspective, because we know one thing, this offense is going to be very run heavy and, uh, rely on their offensive line and try and rely on that defense with Eberflus again. So I think, you know, worrying about Wentz is kind of the wrong issue. We should be worrying about where the targets are going. And I think it's pretty obvious that they're going to Hilton and Pittman. And I think yeah. because of this offense is going to be a lot different from like Wentz. I don't think people realize how much he's throwing the ball in Philadelphia. That's what I'll say. Yeah, good point. Good point. And I think some of that the volume going some of way that, down, so you need the efficiency to go way up. Yeah, like some of that stress off his shoulder. It could be good though, but I think you're like you know, I'm not saying sure. that he's got going to be a top five fantasy finisher. Um, I just think he's got a lot of tools, and and I think like you said, Ty, that uh, I think T T Y and Pittman 
could have decent seasons versus expectation and versus draft costs yeah. right now because they're dirt exactly. cheap right now. And, so and I my think that's well that if you are if you if you do disagree with me and you and you are a big Wentz fan because I sure feel in the minority in this one in the community. Uh, go draft Michael Pittman and Ty Frickin Hilton. Like you mm-hmm. should be all over these guys if you are a Wentz truther this year. Like yeah, all 100%. over them. Like these guys are going to be like a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three, respectively. If what people are predicting Wentz is going to do comes to fruition. Yeah. Back to the brighter skies, best ball draft. I I went with the Colts offense uh, in that one took Wentz. Wentz. Well, actually started with Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, Wentz, Mm -hmm. Pittman, Campbell. I should have taken Hilton. I went with Henry Ruggs there. I know Ty, Ty, we've been talking about that a bit. uh, Yeah. uh, Give me a little bit of a slap on the wrist for that one. Uh, (laughs) I got both the tight ends as well. Doyle, Molly Cox. Hopefully that best ball. works there. I really Mm -hmm. like that in a deep best ball. Totally. All right, boys. Well, that uh, that actually does it for our time slot with you fellas. So we had a little bit more on the Darnell docket oh, there that we didn't get to, but I think that's just a product of us having some good conversation. It's always a pleasure to chat with you guys. Um, Kyle, you can be found at Senra Says. And like you said, you'll be on a Going For Two show a half an hour after this show ends. So thanks for coming on, Kyle. Really appreciate you joining our uh, Canada, Canada Day Bash, buddy. Absolutely. Trav, thing and Ty, thanks for inviting me. JD, always a pleasure to talk with you. So uh, this is awesome. And uh, go Canada Day. Absolutely. Happy Canada Thank Day. Go. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. It's uh, it's always a pleasure, much like with Kyle. And really looking forward to the rest of the Goat District co- content coming up throughout the rest of the off season. Because yeah, those guests have been bangers, and uh, you and Dan are always just like amazing to just listen to chat. So thanks again, dude. Thanks for uh, having me as always, guys. And uh, congrats on everything you guys have built, man. Like you, uh, mm-hmm. you guys, I, I always give you credit. You, I didn't even know there was a Canadian <laughs> other than Kyle. Kyle was the one Canadian that reached out to me once uh, for the expo. But before you guys came along, like, honestly, it was like, I'm like, is there anyone that's in the fantasy football? <laughs> in this, in this, you know, so what you guys do is amazing, man. You guys really bring fantasy football, the Canadian community together. Uh, I have, you know, Will Will Harris is, you know, a neighbor now and, and a friend. And, you know, obviously everything they've done at Breeding Global, there it is. Uh, I usually have it on. I wear my Jays hat tonight, but there you go. The, the Breeding gear. Guys, go check it out. Uh, yeah. Check out True North. Hopefully you guys uh, tune into the GOAT District. We have, like I said, a, a ton of awesome guests coming on. Dan, Theo, and I on the weekly. We've got uh, also... Um, John McGlynn with the uh, commissioner evaluation who drops a a bi-weekly show, but guys with some serious bangers. I mean, he lives around Mm -hmm. a a lot of guys that we know from fantasy, they're friends with him. So he, he brings them on. They have great discussions. Uh, Check it out guys. Amazing stuff, man. What you guys did today is amazing. Happy Canada day to everyone. Hopefully you're all safe and uh, you have a, an IPA on me. Cheers. All right. Sounds good, brother. Awesome. Appreciate and, uh, it, fellas. We'll talk to you soon. As they roll out yeah. of here, yeah, as you yeah. kick them out of here, Trav, I just want to say, like, Goat District is kind of, uh, you know, embodies the Canada Day theme because it was seeing somebody like Goat have such a successful podcast and have such interesting conversations in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's one of the first podcasts I listened to and being like, oh, shit, he's Canadian. Uh, so basically my Vince Carter uh, out here. <laughs> Dude, you're amazing. You're amazing, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Dunk that yeah. elbow, go. All right, fellas. <laughs> uh, pulls out his third best dunk. Wow. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, peace. Later, guys.